It's Monday. It's November 26th. And the word of the day is gossipoboma, which means a surgical sponge accidentally left inside a patient's body. Used in a sentence, Doctor, is that a gossipoboma in this x-ray? Often followed by, No, I left it in there on purpose. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, when said in real life, almost always followed by, Please don't ask what that means. Please don't ask what that means. <laughs> What's that mean again? Real quick. Damn it. Damn it. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Donald Trump appoints a whipping boy just in case he gets convicted of treason. We'll examine a supply-side solution to global warming. And Heath tells California that their wildfire nomenclature should have an exception if the origin is called Camp Dumpster or school bus. <laughs> or Just car. Small list or there. car. They did that one too. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, let's hear some official predictions. I want to hear it on the record. Who's our next president? Who's the VP? And who did they run against? Oh, the way things are going now, I'm guessing President Kelly Clarkson, and she runs against everybody else who made it past the cockroach-eating competition. Ooh, I Ooh. like it. Joe uh, Rogan in there. I'm going to go with President Elizabeth Warren, and for the first time mm. in history, co-vice presidents Beto O'Rourke and a literal blue wave <laughs> from see. climate change. Just... It's <laughs> killing people. All right. Taking uh, out cities. One other question. The exact price of Tesla stock on the next election day. Go. 30. Nope. Okay. In our lead story tonight, <laughs> the president of the United States Thousand. is under investigation. Nope. For treason type stuff. And that president gets to pick the guy who's in charge of the department that's in charge of checking on his treason stuff. Mm -hmm. This probably isn't news to anyone, but I just thought I should repeat it over and over all the time just so we can all be super duper clear about how fucking crazy that is. <laughs> and I'm going to do it again right now. Donald Trump gets to pick the guy who controls the criminal investigation of Donald Trump. And thanks to this absurdist catch 45, members of Congress are once again calling for a bill that would fix this and protect the Mueller probe from sabotage. I think the House version is called HB. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> Trump's like, joke's on you. People call me fucking stupid all the time. Yeah, I mean, I... It feels like the story wouldn't have worked if everyone was Cassandra, but it turns out that it does. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Just Medea going on a killing spree. <laughs> all right, so here's a quick recap of the timeline on this. In 2016, the Trump campaign very clearly colluded with Russia to help win the election. Uh, actually, okay, no, a uh, better place to start. In 1787, we wrote the Constitution and created the Electoral College. Then the Russia thing. Then in 2017, Trump picked Jeff Sessions to be attorney general. And, and, and if you told me at the time that that story was going to get worse, I would not have believed you. <laughs> oh, it does. So it does. during the Sessions swearing in, while under oath, Jeff Sessions claimed that he never had any connection with Russian officials during the campaign. And then every newspaper was like, yes, you did. Sergei Kislyak, you're blowing him right now. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you no, are. No. no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Here's a picture. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. A few more yes-no fights and a failed attempt at the old Bugs Bunny yes-no switcheroo by Sessions. <laughs> and then he finally recused himself from the whole investigation. Why? Who knows? Maybe it was one of those perfectly innocent recusals just for funsies. Regardless, the Mueller probe officially started a couple months later. And ever since, we've been learning more and more about exactly how much collusion was happening. And it's a bunch. And then we finally had the midterm elections. Democrats won back the House. And Trump realized that Adam Schiff would be taking over the House Intelligence Committee. So Trump fired Sessions the very next day and replaced him with Matthew Whitaker, author of an essay called How to Cheat Your Way Around the Mueller Probe, or something very similar. <laughs> And now we're seeing members of Congress, including some Republicans, make their latest call for a, a check or, or a balance or whatever it is they used to have. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the Republicans are calling for the check like they just asked the waitress her number and got turned down. It's like, I, <laughs> right, I yeah. have to leave. So if McConnell's not careful, an insignificant number of Republican senators might only rubber stamp 96% of his legislation. So <laughs> yeah. very careful. So, uh, obviously, it should be pretty easy to abuse your power when you get to basically hire your own prosecution. But Trump's a fucking idiot, so he managed to get that wrong. Again. Yes. First with Sessions, and now with Whitaker. And he actually might have committed a new crime, or two or three, on top of the treason stuff. First of all, there's a constitutional requirement that says the Attorney General has to get confirmed by the Senate. And... Deputy A.G. Rod Rosenstein was confirmed by the Senate, but he's been not sabotaging Mueller this whole time, so that was a no-go. But more importantly, the Whitaker appointment clearly violates ethics regulations, too, by putting someone in power whose primary qualification was writing an essay about how to abuse that exact power. And as a result... Wait, is anything happening? As a result, did we get what happens? Uh, Blissful naivety of youth, Eli, I miss Yeah, so um, all these problems were pointed out to Trump, including by Adam Schiff. Who gets to take over as landlord of Trump's ass in January? <laughs> and Trump does not like that. So he responded with the following tweet. Quote, so funny to see little Adam shit. I, I spelled it like poo. Hilarious. Talking about the fact that acting attorney general Matt Whitaker was not approved by the Senate but not mentioning the fact that Bob Mueller, who is highly conflicted, was not approved by the Senate. End quote. Well, and there's the video. Does he not have Google? Is the presidency like who wants to be a millionaire? Like well, you're not allowed still, to. That's also, that's not a Senate confirmed position. This would be like Eli defending his relationship with Phyllis Schlafly by pointing out that worms penetrate dead people all the time and no one ever says a thing. Okay, you used that from my deposition, rude. <laughs> Andrew said that was sealed <laughs> Alright well Here's the response from Adam Schiff To the tweet from Trump Quote Wow Mr. President that's a good one Was that like Your answers to Mr. Mueller's questions Or did you write this one yourself End quote <laughs> It's phenomenal And in case you missed it that was a reference to the written answers, written answers that Trump's lawyers put together for him and submitted last week in response to a set of questions from Robert Mueller. You know, when you're completely innocent, but 
But if you talk about being innocent out loud, it gets all tricky. It was one of those situations. Yeah, so yeah right. No, written it, for him. Excuse me, Heath, but he answered those questions himself. Thank you. He made that very clear. And what's more, they were easy. <laughs> and he's he's not positive, but he's pretty sure his answers were so good. Bob Mueller put him on the fridge. Like at eye level, even <laughs> above the other kids. On the kids. freezer, the spot of glory. <laughs> yes. So uh, the latest development is a plan to attach protection for Robert Mueller to the year-end government funding bill. And again, a handful of Republicans are on board with this. Uh, granted, that's mostly Republicans like, you know, Jeff Flake, who are probably thinking about running for president sometime soon. But still, the president's own party is being like, yeah, you guys really need to stop our team from cheating. We're evil, so stop us. And also, please sneak me into Argentina right now. Yeah, and please bring my friend Jeff Flake, who literally should never have a moment's peace in his mind or outdoors ever, ever again. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hey, podcast lister. You know, as I sat around Thanksgiving with my wonderful family this year, watching my wife play with my nephew, meditating on maybe my own children someday, and watching my mother and sister laughing and talking, I thought to myself, wow, these people will be rich when I am dead. Now, nobody likes to think about life insurance, but I don't think of it like that. I think of it as $2 million that I get to give to the people I love when my heart finally stops. And sure, sure, they'll be sad, but how sad can you be with $2 million? That's right. Not very sad. That's why you should check out PolicyGenius.com. PolicyGenius is a great way to get life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. But Eli, you're probably thinking, what if I'm an unlovable solitary husk of a human with nobody to take care of when I die? Well, Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also compare disability insurance, auto insurance, and home insurance. If you care about it, they can cover it. So if you've been avoiding getting life insurance because it's difficult or confusing, really, give Policy Genius a try. Just go to policygenius.com, get your quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Policy Genius. Because it's hard to be sad on a yacht. And in Arrow to the Knee news tonight, the isolated Sentinelese tribe of India's Adnaman and Nicobar <laughs> Islands, which I pronounced incorrectly because they're jerks and not because I can't, live untouched by modernity. Modernity's a bitch, too. Yep, That's I don't like modernity. Either. Trouble with that. They are protected from the outside world, both by law and geography, in a small group that perhaps numbers only 150, which, of course, is why 27-year-old missionary John Chow of Alabama decided what they needed was some Jesus, damn it. Yep, and it turns out that's one of the few modern diseases they do have an immunity to. <laughs> okay, exactly. And that is why ignoring the stiff fines and legal protections around the island, n not the least of which are because he's filled with disease they're not immune to, John managed to bribe local fishermen to bring him on the island last week where the natives, who do not use money, shot the fucking fuck out of him with arrows. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a... Bittersweet moment for a Christian guy from Alabama 
just like chuckling to himself as he dies. Like, okay, well, that is why you want a well-armed citizenry. (laughs) I said that recently. I tweeted that. I gotta say, I I like that it's getting so much press, though. Lots of door-to-door missionaries in my neighborhood. So I've I've taken up conspicuous front yard archery practice as a new hobby. Nice, nice. (laughs) I'll let you know how it works. Now, when you see this reported, especially by Christians, you might mistakenly believe that the Sentinelese killed Chow (laughs) in his bed at home. And international reaction has been starkly divided between, well, majority Christian countries who have wondered aloud why India hasn't made like all the proper countries and killed their natives and literally everywhere else that thinks death is kind of expected when you break several international laws despite the warning of the people who are smuggling you there to approach a people whose last contact with outsiders exclusively consisted of being massacred by the British. Yeah, not great, not great. And then I can't believe it's not butter emails news tonight. <laughs> Irony went and fucked itself last week when it came to light that presidential advisor and real doll prototype the company doesn't talk about Ivanka Trump has been in the habit of using a personal email account to send hundreds of messages discussing official White House business over the past year. Miss Trump defended herself by saying that she was unaware that it was against the rules. And in her defense, when they explained that to her, it was kind of drowned out by the locker up chants in the background. So I can see how she missed it. Every time I think our country's political history has hit peak hypocrite, Trump just <laughs> jumps the General Lee over my expectations. Yeah, right. Oh, next press conference. It's just Trump fucking a kid in the basement of a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I learned it by watching her. Told you it was somebody doing all this. Lots of blame on all sides. <laughs> Now, the practical consequences of this are nothing, but that's kind of the point, (laughs) right? This is an absolute and utter non-scandal, except in as much as it underscores the frothing at the mouth hypocrisy that underpinned Trump's entire campaign. It's also worth noting that Ivanka did not set up a private email server, which Trump's lawyer presented as a defense, as if to say, see, this is nothing like what Hillary did. It's way less secure. Uh, Your Honor, my client is pretty sure that a VPN is that barcode on the back of products. That is nothing like <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> now, the statement from Trump's lawyer went on to say that no classified information was sent through her personal email account. And we know that's true because Trump pinky swore. They also said that her use of the personal account was, quote, almost always for logistics and scheduling concerning her family, end quote. So... First of all, that's a damn conspicuous almost trying to sneak its way into the sentence there. But also, isn't her family's logistics classified information? (laughs) I feel like it should be, right? What the fuck? Teach her some baseball signs. I don't know. Give her something that's shiny and squeaky. (laughs) Hire a person who's qualified for the position. There's so many options. So many other ways you could go. But regardless of her excuses, I'm sure the notorious .gov email policy ethics Republican caucus in Congress will attack this with the same kung fu student avenging the death of his master vigor they applied the last time this subject came up. So I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say on this as events unfold. And on that note, we'll take one more quick break for a word from our new sponsor, The New Yorker. Yep. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm all ready for our Skeptocrat record. I have been reading the newspaper. 
Oh, that that one right there? That That's where you get your news from that paper? What? It's got great stories. For example, did you know that the Republican stick figures are only about halfway full of red, but Democratic stick figures are almost two-thirds blue? What? Says it right here on the... Well, it doesn't uh, say it so much Eli, as color. where you get your news matters. You can get glorified headlines anywhere these days. But if you want to understand the world, you need long-form, in-depth reporting. And when it comes to stuff like that, nobody does it better than The New Yorker. Wait, wait, is this an ad? Yeah. For The New Yorker? For The New Yorker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they have any idea how lowbrow our show is? <laughs> Clearly, they do not. Yeah. We'll find um, out how quickly they realize. Well, uh... They were probably too busy publishing the best writers in the world and holding people in power accountable through their rigorous reporting and compelling storytelling for them to check on that. I feel like I should be wearing a monocle for this ad. Uh, Noah, <laughs> my, my pie chart on my paper says why you shouldn't wear monocles. It's pretty, uh, pretty gay. <laughs> Throw that away, Eli. You can get the best writing anywhere and everywhere with The New Yorker. You can get home delivery of the print edition every week. You can read on the go with the New Yorker Today app or via Google News, and the digital version of the magazine is available on your iPad, iPhone, Nook, or Kindle. Huh. I, I really only thought of them as a print magazine. Actually, NewYorker.com publishes 15 to 20 news stories each day that are not available in the print magazine. Plus, the complete online archive features every issue of the print magazine since 1925. Ooh, that was when Noah was learning to drive. He was like, cranking it yeah. up. <laughs> so, uh... Every issue contains cultural criticism covering books, art, movies, TV, ideas, and more. Poetry and fiction, long-form reporting on a wide variety of topics, and the humor and satire The New Yorker is famous for. Okay, but, 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 but my newspaper has Family Circus, so... Yeah, on the opinion page, no less. Yeah. Well, now, you can get this special offer. Don't wait. Go to newyorker.com slash skeptocrat. Our listeners save 50% when they enter code SKEPTOCRAT. With this special offer, you'll receive 12 issues for just $6, plus you get the exclusive New Yorker tote bag. But can I choose between print, digital, or a combo subscription? You can. Subscribe to The New Yorker now and read something that means something. Again, that's 12 issues for $6 and a free tote bag when you go to newyorker.com slash skeptocrat. So you can support the show and stay informed. And my newspaper has a coupon for Taco Hut, in case anyone's considering that. It's a hut with tacos. Mm -hmm. Tacos at the hut? Right. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you heard of them? Tacos? <laughs> <laughs> they sell them on Wall Street. And we're back. Next up in headlines, a research team from Harvard and Yale recently published a paper that explains their new plan to help deal with global warming. And uh, it's, it's basically putting one of those silver things in the windshield, except the windshield is our entire stratosphere, and mm -hmm. the silver thing is the cloud from a giant cartoon aerosol can, <laughs> which sounds... Fucking stupid. Yeah, it but. sounds like a movie someone recommends in the comments of our episode about the core. <laughs> but, and yet, no matter how Bond villainy it sounds, 
it's still smarter than what we're currently doing about the problem. Oh, it's better than the nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we're going to make fun of this, but I'm sure these nerds thought about it way more than we did, but it sounds ridiculous, so we're going to make fun of it. So the technique they're proposing is called stratospheric aerosol injection. So, again, just don't say aerosol there. Call it anything else. <laughs> Fucking shade in a can would be better. I don't know. <laughs> well, plus they stole stratospheric aerosol injection directly from my whippet booth at Bonnaroo, and we might sue. Yeah, you did so well. <laughs> okay, but regardless of the name, they're planning to dim down the sunlight by spraying a shitload of chemicals into the sky about 12 miles up. But... We don't currently have a way of doing that, so they also came up with an idea to build an aircraft that would make that happen. Or maybe just a really big gun, that was their other idea, that we'd use to shoot chemical bombs 12 miles above the entire world. That was... Their real other idea besides Great. the plane. Honestly, I'm just glad that scientists are finally offering solutions. I mean, this is the first time these nerds have done anything except, like, move a hand on a clock they made up or come on stage in a ghost costume and pretend to be my grandkids, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. When's the last time science did anything practical, am I right? Yes. No, it No. <laughs> no, I'm not. He was not right. right. Noah does no, get wrong. it. No, Noah got it before. <laughs> Tell other Noah. Fourth cast member. Yeah. Other Noah. <laughs> Wrong, Noah. (laughs) Yeah. So again, they're trying stuff. That's great. But it sounds ridiculous. So anyway, according to their calculations, it's a 30 year plan. Too late. We we could build the world's biggest crop duster in 15 years. And it would actually only cost three point five billion dollars. And that's actually a a really good deal. But then it would cost another approximately two point two five billion a year to run the spray program for about 15 years once we build it, while we fly over every country in the world and shoot chemical bombs 12 miles above their heads. (laughs) But don't answer yet. Don't answer yet. There are some risks. Um, Fatal events may occur. The giant cloud of sulfates could kill our crops, cause extreme weather, and cause extreme versions of the social anxiety that the medicine is supposed to be treating in the first place. It's... (laughs) Got some so, side effects. So global warming, but with less spoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, in response to the study, many experts in the field are saying, what? And then <laughs> pummeling you to death with snowballs if you were the one who showed them this article. Uh, again, I'm glad we're thinking outside the box, but maybe get it to sound less stupid before you publish it. You're, you're making <laughs> environmentalism sound stupid, and we really cannot have that right now. Like, what if we burn enough fossil fuels to block the warming? Okay, that sounds crazy. Hear us out. Actually, that's it. No, not great. Not great. It needed to not be it. And in unbelievably boring news tonight, the World Chess Tournaments have been taking place this week, and for the first time in the 132-year history of the championship... Its finale has somehow managed to be more boring than we ever thought possible. What? Are you serious? It's been amazing. When when Carlson went king to D4 on move 44, that was fucking crazy. And the the 15 minutes of complete silence and nothingness right before and right after that. Fucking what? Well, I, I, I got to be honest. The first 13 minutes so of cool. silence were great, but after that, it kind of fell apart at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Philip Glass opera. 
Now, our audience, like you, is probably saying, Eli, how is it possible for the most boring board game in the world to be more boring? Well, do a story about it. (laughs) It's a dream about that board game. Well, it's by that board game ending in a tie 10 times in a row. That's right. Finalists Magnus Carlsen and Fabiano Corazara have played no. 10, sure, have played 10 games in their best of 12 match, and so far, every single one of them have been a draw, with the 10th taking a breezy 5 hours and 19 minutes. Dude, it's 5-5 five, five going into the 11th inning. Two Fucking chess. <laughs> oh, oh, and 10 anyway. <laughs> yeah. same, same difference, though. Yeah. Half a point for each draw. There you go. So the 11th and 12th matches are due early in the week, uh, though there is some trouble finding judges as the ones the International Chess Federation have found keep killing themselves. So, um, oh, by the way, if you want to do yourself a great favor, this is on at like four in the morning on ESPN 92. Listen to the commentators try to think of something to say after hour four of these matches. They're telling secrets, (laughs) confessing to murders. Give yourself a treat. Tune in. And finally tonight, in fucking electromagnets, how do they work news? After White House counsel convinced (laughs) the president that even if he dressed Don Jr. up as a very convincing turkey, the pardon still wouldn't hold up in court, he dramatically changed his Thanksgiving plans and decided to make some calls to service members. But because he's a tragic idiot, he managed to turn even this into an awkward mess when he elected to veer off the thank you for your service script and start bitching about the Navy's new electromagnetic system for catapulting and landing aircraft at sea. Hello, Admiral. Sorry, just one second. Just taking off my heel spur brace that I have to wear. <laughs> so thanks for putting your life on the line, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck is a magnet? Is it like, <laughs> like a metal Yoda? I don't. It yeah. is. It is like that. Now, I, I don't really know the details of the system, so I'm not going to opine on its utility here because I know that not knowing about something means I shouldn't, for example, call Captain Pat Hannafin, commander of the USS Ronald Reagan, and start vaguely bitching about it like it was a questionable pass interference call in last week's <laughs> game, which makes me overqualified for the presidency. I mean, the Navy says that these things require fewer people to operate, allow you to launch more planes uh, faster, take up less room on the ship, and reduce wear and tear for both the carriers and planes. Also, age of steam ended with the World War, so I kind of just intrinsically want us to have a system with electro in the name when it comes to shit like this. But the real story here is not whether or not these are good systems. It's that with all the shit that Schmuckle Orange is ignoring, this has become his hobby horse. (laughs) Tall Tyler walks in the Oval Office later this week. Trump's just sweating and trembling, staring at a coin on his desk, just shaking with it. Hey, man, what are you, what are you doing there? Nothing. Nothing. Were those iron filings? What did you, what did you do? Spit them out. Spit them out. Out. Yeah, in all possible ways, our president is Dunning Kruger personified. Yeah, like wh- yeah. yeah, whatever. Electoral college magnets just need more boats. Let's get some more <laughs> <You're> right. <boats. laughs> so apparently, during the call, Trump said, "Quote: Steam is very reliable, and the electromagnetic. Unfortunately, you have to be Albert Einstein to really work it properly." End quote. Marking the first time he's ever said anything nice on the record about a Jew. Captain Hannafin responded, "Quote." You sort of have to be Albert Einstein to run the nuclear power plants that we have here as well, but we're doing that very well, end quote. Now, the, the newspapers, when they make that quote, they don't, they don't t- 
tell you how his teeth were positioned when he said it, but I think we can all infer how they were positioned. <laughs> and fortunately for us, that camera that we disguised as a uh, camera is still in place, so we don't have to guess about it. Morgan, let's roll that footage. Okay, Mr. President, you uh, you ready? Ooh, ooh, are we watching a video in class? Do we have a substitute? No, sir, you're doing a video conference with some troops for Thanksgiving. What? Lame. It is a TV. TV means we have a substitute. We're going to watch a video in class. That's what it's... Um, hello? Uh, hello, Captain. I'm here with the President hello? of the United States. Ooh, I hate Barack Obama. No, that's you now. What? Sir. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, Merry Christmas! See? I um, said people would say it again. Did, did he just say Merry Christmas to me? So listen. Um, hi. Hi. Listen. Flat guy. That's what I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you what? Captain Flat. It's because you're on a TV and he Oh, isn't. yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, what's this I hear about you using magnets? Uh, do you mean the new electromagnetic on and offboarding load system that we have? Yeah. Rare yeah, carriers? The, the electrobuzz overboard logism. Nope. Um, so, do you have a question or yeah. what do you want? So, listen. Just my opinion. Two cents. I'm going to throw it out there. You don't like it. You throw it right back. Mm -hmm. That's no way to get a plane. Yeah? Yeah. I know it gets them in fast, but it's they got not... engines. They got to land themselves. It's degrading. If you just if you do that, um, it's going to okay. be... Okay. So, sir, just quick question. In your head, do you think we use a big magnet to suck the planes out of the sky? Is that what you're picturing right now? That's exactly what I picture. I drew it. Show Tyler, show him my drawing. Don't I, show I, me We're going to put it on the fridge later. Yeah. Going to put it on cool. the fridge later. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to fucking these other gay dudes. Um, bye, I guess. Wait, what did he say at the end there? Oh, uh, he said, Merry Christmas Day. I love boobs. Oh, I love boobs too. Oh, I love Captain Flap Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna do it for episode 84 thanks to no illusions thanks to eli bosnick and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on facebook followed us on twitter and sent us feedback on the other various internets please keep doing that please keep listening and please keep telling your friends and if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat just like Richard, Jonathan, Eric, Roy, I Spy, and Adam, whose beautiful genitals were roadies for Metallica. Bunch of dicks and vaginas. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. See, I got to do it this time. I did it. You did what? The, that thing. But first, the rest of the intro music. You always do that. What Is are you talking it, about? Yeah.
Oh, Heath gets to do but first the triatribe. That's what I meant. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like you snuck that in there before I, I was about I was to really, say it? I was pretty proud. <laughs> I was like, oh, they miscolored the things. My part on the show grows. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm, it, though. I'm just going to fucking say it. This is going to be not, amazing. I'm not an under five anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Policy genius. Because it's hard to be sad on a yacht. <laughs> it was really fucking dark. Eli would find a way. Eli on oh, a yacht yeah. is sad. I was upset. I've been on a boat and I didn't. I was like, <laughs> Son, what a boom! Gross. <laughs> Other people were there. <laughs> but if I had two million dollars, I wouldn't have been on a boat. So there you have it. We get an indoor yacht. There's, <laughs> there's a B. There's oh. one B. <laughs> oh, yacht on a pool? That'd be the fucking best. <laughs> I just solved yachts. All right, there you go. Stop in, in there. pools. Right. Stop in. There. <laughs> Everyone in the navy is gay. What? You show me a not gay guy in the navy. Is that is that something that's understood? Done. Yeah, it's like you can't lick your elbow. You can't go to the navy and be gay. I can lick my elbow. You no, you can't. I could absolutely. I'm gonna do it right now. That's crazy. What? No, you're not. Um. Wow, that's really hard. <laughs> I hurt myself. Okay. <laughs> you can't lick your elbow. Look at that. Yep. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.